Welcome to Cultivating Goodness, the podcast where we refuse to settle for who we are by pushing ourselves and lovingly encouraging those around us to become the best we can be. I'm your host, Tristan Sinclair, and in this episode, I'm going to walk through five lessons that I learned from a hard season. While it is not human nature to desire a trip through suffering, sometimes we need pain to remind us of essential truths or to point us back to what really matters. My pastor calls these life-aligned moments when you're taken from the everyday busyness and chaos of life and you're suddenly brought back down to what really matters. You see this play out a lot in movies, TV shows, books, basically any kind of media where a family or a couple get in a disagreement and it's kind of like little tough between them, it's a little tense between them, and then something happens, an accident, an illness, or just their life is threatened, depending on what genre we're talking about. And all of a sudden, one of the characters steps back and realizes, oh wait, I actually do really like this person, I really care about this person, or life without them would just be a terribly sad thing. And that's what we're talking about with like a lifeline moment. And this particularly relates to character, which I like this quote that likens character to photographic development, where it says that character is like a photograph. It develops in darkness. Sometimes we need pain to remind us of essential truths and to point us back to what really matters. And while we may never know completely why we are sometimes sent on a hard path, there is always a silver lining. And here are five that God reminded me of in one particularly hard season that I walked through. Number one, death is just a doorway. For most of my life, I've not been afraid of death. I've been afraid of dying. Like, I know what lies beyond dying. I just don't want any pain in getting there. However, after going through a season where God broke me, I ended up experiencing a mindset shift. And while there were a lot of variables that contributed to what made the season hard, This particular point specifically relates to how my grandpa passed away shortly into the season, and it totally threw my mind, my thinking into eternity and about heaven. And and then with everything that I was going through with just working through getting through this season, I lost my sense of identity. I lost my sense of purpose. And it was the weirdest feeling going through my everyday activities and things that I was doing and just feeling so empty and so meaningless. Like there was a a little bit in there where I felt like I was watching my life from a third person perspective. It was like, I knew that my hands were the ones that were doing the work, but I did not feel any like gravity there. I didn't feel like I was in that place. It just felt very empty and meaningless. And I lost sight of my dreams and my goals, my purpose, and really embodied this sense of like, this world is not my home. I am an exile. I am an alien. I'm merely passing through. And while that was not very pleasant and and not feeling like I was in earth, not feeling like I was on earth, it was good in the sense that I was focused on beyond versus, you know, getting stuck up in the means of death, but focusing on what's beyond it and realizing that death is just a doorway. I love that line. I, I get that line from Christ Be Magnified, the song by Cody Carnes. The bridge in there is just filled with so much truth. And when the frills of this world lose their appeal and you have security in the life to come, dying just becomes a minor detail that gets lost in the glory of the bigger picture. So the number one lesson that I learned from a hard season is that death is just a doorway. Number two, gathering with people is a gift. The day-to-day can be exhausting in and of itself, but when your mind is continuously running around in circles, 
Nothing sounds more appealing than going to bed. And because of this, which is, this is particularly where I was in this hard season I was walking through, I got in the bad habit of skipping my small groups Wednesday night meetings, which is because despite popular belief, I am an introvert. <laughs> if you, if you want to know whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, it's based on how you recharge. And I recharge in quiet by being able to process and sort through everything that I've taken in. And so in this season, I was in school and would just be at school all day, running around surrounded by thousands of students, just drained my social battery. And then I got home and I took a deep breath. I changed out of my school clothes, put my backpack down, ate something, washed my face. And I was like, okay, I'm home. And I have to go back out and be with people again? So I got in the bad habit of skipping my Wednesday night meetings because the last thing I wanted to do was to go socialize again. I wanted to go to bed. Like I needed to recharge in the quiet of my room. And while these are legitimate needs, like you do need physical rest. You don't want to push yourself so hard that you end up snapping or, or splitting or whatever. You do need physical rest. But we as human beings are a dichotomy of flesh and spirit. Yes, we need physical rest, but we also need to gather with like-minded people to refresh our mentality. Physical exhaustion, sleep deprivation is one thing, but if your mental state is not good, it's just really strained, that makes everything else so much harder to deal with. And so while I didn't want to go to my small group Wednesday night meetings, it was like, once I got out of the bad habit of skipping them, I more thoroughly held myself to going because I realized that truth of like, okay, even though I don't want to go, every time I do, I never fail to leave that meeting feeling refreshed and feeling better mentally, which then, even though I was still really struggling, it was easier for me to handle what I was working through because I had that interaction with people I was able to get out of my head and I was able for a little bit to focus on the needs of others, the stories of others, to listen to other people rather than just continually listening to myself. We need people to get us up when all too often it is our tendency to wallow in self-absorbed pits. So the second lesson I learned from a hard season is that gathering with people is a gift. Number three, faith isn't always pretty. And this goes to how I did not find the book of Psalms appealing until I was reading it when I was struggling. I was really struck with like, oh my word, so much of what David wrote is mirroring the cries that are coming from my heart. And not all of them are pleasant. I really like how my pastor in one, in one of our Easter services said that faith does not always feel or sound spiritual. Sometimes it simply knows that God is listening, even when it has nothing good to say. And that was really encouraging in this season where the only thing I was capable of doing was hanging on to God. Like I, I couldn't really manage things well. I wasn't thinking straight. I wasn't sleeping. The only thing I could do was just hang on to the fact that I knew that God was good and he was in control and he cared about me regardless of everything that was happening that I couldn't understand why it was good. I just knew that it was. And so I love that quote from my pastor about, okay, faith doesn't have to be pretty. And that is beautifully illustrated throughout Psalms because it's talking about how like Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. It's you in Quanania with God and with his children, which contributes to how God wants your heart. He wants you to talk to him. He wants to be your best friend where even though he obviously knows about everything that's going on in your life, he still wants you to talk to him about it. He wants to be your best friend, you know, whether you're happy, sad, bitter, bubbling with joy, lonely, or angry. What matters is that you're talking to God because he wants your heart. He wants to talk to you. He wants to listen to you. 
And there is something intimately special about letting God know how you feel. Because of him, we are never alone. And there is something oddly comforting in knowing that he sees every tear, every cry, every twinge of pain, and not only sees it, but feels it because he was one of us for a time. He was here on earth and he knows what it is like to be human and to hurt. He knows exactly what you're going through, what I was going through. And in his loving kindness, pure goodness, and sovereign control, there is purpose in your pain. I'll link an article below that I wrote called Six Reasons Why Bad Things Happen, where I talk about the purpose of pain. Of course, we don't always know completely why, and God doesn't promise to tell us why something bad happens, but he does promise to be with us. But that article, you know, just because we as humans are naturally curious beings to some degree or another, and we want to know why we're hurting and why bad things are happening. So I walk through six reasons why bad things happen in that article. So number three, faith is not always pretty. Number four, not everything has to be straight. And this can be taken one or two ways, the first being literal. My dad will tell stories of how since I was a little girl, I loved ensuring, I made sure to ensure that everything was level and in its neat little box, that all of the things that were coordinating were like, you know, neatly organized on the shelf. Everything needed to be organized. But one of the repercussions of heartbreak, however, is that you lose a lot of that care that you once had. And I've since learned that mismatched alignments can be aesthetically pleasing. (laughs) The second meaning, however, is that not everything has to make sense. And while I would much rather be going through life with all of the puzzle pieces neatly laid out before me, that's not always how God works. Sometimes you need to draw blanks in order to grow your faith, to learn how to trust with the unknown. And ultimately, you don't need to know why. You just need to know God. And that is a really hard place to come to, to settle with, to rest in, to abide in. Because when injustice is happening, when there is evil thriving in the world, whether in our lives, in the lives around us, all of the above, one or the other, it's really hard to not just be like, why God? Why is this happening? But we have to come to a place where we have to be like, okay, God didn't promise to tell us why, but we know that he's here. We know that he's listening. And we know for a fact that he loves us. And so in loving discipline, as a good parent will discipline their children, he is leading us through these for a purpose. We may never know why. We may only get to see part of it. He may not reveal any of that to us, but we know that he is in control. And so we don't need to know why exactly this situation or that situation is unfolding. We just need to know that God is good, that he loves us, that he is in control. So number four, not everything has to be straight, literally, and nothing has to make sense. Number five, God is bigger than the storms in my mind. In the swing between maintaining sanity and feeling all right, there were a lot of nights where my mind was swelling with so many thoughts, I could not comprehend how my head was still put together, which was also a very odd place to be because I just very much felt like it should be bursting at the seams, even though I don't have seams, but regardless. Anyway, so I I couldn't comprehend how my head could contain the raging sea that I was trying so hard to keep from spilling out. And I remember sitting there in one of those nights in the dark of my room, gripping my hair, trying to figure out how am I going to get through the night? And then realizing this emotion that I have swelling in my head is so overwhelming. 
But what was even more awe-inspiring was the sudden realization that God is more powerful than that. God is more powerful than the confusion I could not grasp. He is in control. He sees the bigger picture. This hurricane that's in my head, it's just a raindrop in God's palm. Not even a raindrop. It's just a water molecule, a molecule of H2O in his control, in his sovereignty, in his transcendence. And it was something so intimately beautiful where even though it was excruciatingly uncomfortable to be in that place, it was so oddly enlightening where I got in a new sense to not just know like Sunday school facts, but to feel the reality that this, that is so overwhelming in my head, gave me a little bit of a glimpse into how big and how grand and how majestic God is. I like the way that Shane and Shane recreated this with the lyrics of their recreation of Psalm 46. They said that though oceans roar, you are the Lord of all, the one who calms the wind and waves and makes my heart be still. Though the earth gives way, the mountains move into the sea, the nations rage, I know that my God is in control. Another heartbeat song of mine that really helped me get through this hard season was Tremble by Mosaic MSC. And they said, peace, bringing it all to peace, the storm surrounding me, let it break at your name, still, call the sea to still, the rage in me to still, every wave at your name. So the number five lesson that I learned from this hard season is that God is bigger than the storms in my mind. And of course, there are many more lessons and good reminders that are still to come. But for now, I will meditate on these ones that have already been taught. As the psalmist writes in 77, 11 through 12, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Thank you.